Please, come in, come in. Grab a seat. I'm more partial to those near the radiator, but to each their own. We were just having a conversation on our past exploits. That one there, she slew one of those Archon priests. House of Devils, I believe. And that one, by the map, he's plotting out another strike deep into the moon. Something about a giant ogre, from what I've heard. And me? Well, I've been hoping to gather a team. There's a door on Venus that I've been dying to open. And no better place to find those dying for adventure and a story to tell than here, in the Hangar Lounge. Welcome to the Hangar Lounge, where three longtime players try and get anyone and everyone to play some Destiny. I'm Maria, Hunter B. I'm Merrick, Hunter A. I'm Kelly, the Lone Warlock. Very Western. Yeah. It's a shame I'm not a gunslinger, right? <laughs> Since this is our official first episode, um, that means we're going to try really hard to recap the first Destiny game and its year one expansions. So I want everyone who's ever played the game before to close their eyes and imagine they're starting up year one Destiny for the very first time. It's been a while, now that I think about it. Uh, but why don't we start before the beginning? <laughs> so ominous. In actuality, the games do begin before the beginning, but shortly after present day. Uh, there's a cinematic that details a strange entity, sort of an alabaster sphere that enters our system, goes from planet to planet, and stops at Mars currently. We send three individuals to Mars to go inspect, and there they witness something rather remarkable. It begins to rain, as if some sort of atmosphere had happened. As it seems, the Traveler terraformed numerous planets, uh, Venus, Mercury, Mars, among others, but I'm going to be honest, we haven't gotten to those yet, so we have no idea if they're actually hospitable. So, there's that. Yeah, it's a mystery. Uh, still a mystery. Um, but, what are you going to do? From this starts the Golden Age. It's the most prosperous era in human history, during which human civilization spreads out from Earth colonizing the nearby planets, and even further. Supposedly, they've even stretched as far as Titan and Europa and the moons of Neptune, possibly even Pluto. But that's speculation. We haven't quite gotten there Maybe yet. Maybe someday. Hopefully. Maybe. That'd be, that'd be nice. pretty awesome. Ceres, too? Gosh, that'd be awesome. I want to go to the Kuiper Belt. It'd be freaking cool. But in this time, colonies were built, corporations grew, and numerous massive technological strides were made. Apple would have been bonkers in this time. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just saying it right here. Uh, Do you think they would be expensive? Or... Oh, I mean, like, they're, they're advancing every year. But we're getting yeah. into that would stuff. They... <laughs> Would they like ditch their previous models? And TM. Like, no, 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 no. That was like last year's model. TM, this TM, is a TM. Okay. This is a different. 
this is a different <laughs> podcast. We'll talk about that in another in another podcast, Mac and Me or something. I don't know. Oh my god. Uh, but in this time, <laughs> in this time, uh, war mines were made and exos were made. Uh, these are advances in artificial intelligence. But we'll talk about exos later, most likely. All you need to know now is that exos are friends. Big friends. Big metal friends. And war mines. War mines <laughs> can be friends sometimes. Depending on which side Wink. you're on. Maybe. <laughs> so, um, as with every good thing that happens to humanity, it wasn't meant to last. Um, this big calamitous event um, called the collapse happened and not much is known about the collapse some kind of cosmic force called the darkness which is an enemy of that big white sphere you see at the beginning of the game our traveler pal our good round friend (laughs) the darkness followed the traveler and we don't really know what the darkness looks like or what form it takes. All we know is that a big battle took place and the war mines were humanity's only defense. And it is speculated that during this big bad time, uh, the war mind Rasputin shot the traveler in the butt and the traveler was like, ow, and that let out a big final wave of cosmic light energy and it pushed the darkness back and as a result the traveler was crippled it can't move anywhere anymore before it would hop around from place to place and then it'd be like oh it's the darkness gross and then it would go somewhere else gross my color Uh, but this is speculation this is speculation we don't know this for sure I like this uh, theory or speculation. I feel like it makes sense. So with that, the Traveler let out the final wave of light, and in its dying breath, it created the ghosts. Another species that exists within Destiny, the Awoken, uh, were also created as a result of the collapse. It is believed that they were humans who, while trying to flee from the darkness and the collapse got stuck in an asteroid belt, which is now known as the Reef. And these humans kind of were right on the precipice of where the Traveler's light and the darkness touched. And that mingling and interaction caused these humans to fundamentally change into another species, which is our fun, glowing elf friends, the Awoken. They happen to be like all of our characters in website like all of them are awoken i didn't realize that we had all made female awokens as our main but that's just how we are and it's who we are so we're just gonna embrace it i like purple lots of love for the other races we're gonna touch upon them as well so the ghosts that the traveler created they're um your small flying friends ai companions capable of resurrecting dead quote-unquote warriors and turning them into guardians we don't know at this point what the qualifiers are for a ghost being like that guy we know it takes quite a long time though it takes sometimes hundreds of years for a ghost to 
find the guardian that they want to resurrect. It also seems somewhat consensual. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. It does, though. It does feel somewhat consensual. Yeah. I do know that, I guess this is, like, looking way ahead, but in the most recent game, there's a little bit of dialogue you can get where the ghost says i tried waking this person up but they said no so there i think there has to be some form of like hey do you want to come back to life yeah that was in the taken king in one of the first missions of the taken king which we'll talk about another episode yeah we'll get there so the collapse happened and lots of dead things and then the ghosts were created and this uh, you officially enter the dark age which is an an age of survival and just fighting off alien invaders that are like look at that big white thing we're gonna fight it and we're gonna take it for ourselves." and then humans are like oh no so just it's just post-apocalypse your typical situation and you're just humans are trying to survive and then these newly risen warriors are like figuring things out and we'll get to that in a later episode about those guys but chaos just chaos and at some point everything chilled and then we fast forward a couple hundred question marks into the city question marks there's a lot of question mark years especially considering guardians live indefinitely supposedly yeah we know that there are guardians that haven't seen each other in hundreds of years so we need to assume that it's at least a few hundred years before you have been awoken (laughs) or human or exode (laughs) but you know woken up as a guardian i got you exo doesn't work as well (laughs) that's one destiny pun so far but that (laughs) one but that brings us to the city age which begins our game honestly that's when the game actually begins so to catch all that we got humans which are exactly as it sound we've got exos which are battle bots made in the golden age and have a interesting secret that perhaps we'll get to later and the awoken who are forged from the clashing of light and darkness during the collapse uh in addition we have three classes and at the beginning of destiny there are only two subclasses eventually there will be three but we'll get to that later (laughs) first we have warlocks which um well let's just say they're the best one okay yeah they're they're basically like space wizards and they can wield the light as if it were magic at the beginning of this game you can be either a void walker or a sun singer. So you can channel the void or channel the power of the sun and come back from the dead. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's sure. all right. No, I'm kidding. They're awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. They're pretty cool. I just can't jump with them. <laughs> or or titans, which brings us to our <laughs> second class um, that you can choose from. Titans are kind of, uh, I feel like they fall in, into the stereotype of like the big, buff dudes that are like titan smash they they really they're knightly yeah they're knightly they're good moral code people look up to them they're they're honestly like they're the most interesting class to me because they're just so good they're so are they all so good and they maria Mm -hmm. to be continued we're not gonna talk about that 
To be continued. To be continued. They they wield the light in strong bursts of offense or defense, and you get to choose between a defender titan, which we like to call them bubble titans because that's what they do. They form a bubble of void energy, and it, it gives you power, and it keeps out the bad stuff. And you can also choose a striker titan, which is titan smash. And if you watch cartoons or know about the Hulk, <laughs> then you know what I mean when I say Titan Smash. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty apt comparison. Yeah, yeah. And that brings us to my personal favorite class, mm-hmm. because their jumps actually make sense. But in general, I also just like the, the general themes behind them uh, and how cool they look. We got the Hunters. I'm Hunter A. Hunter B is here as well, could probably vouch for me. Uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, they... They wield the light in an interesting way. They usually use it to empower objects. So, for instance, we have the Gunslinger and the Blade Dancer. Uh, the Gunslinger is wow! It's a Gunslinger. They they're very good with guns, but they can summon they can summon a weapon from solar energy, which fires off super deadly laser beams. It's awesome. Uh, and then the Blade Dancers can draw knives of arc energy and just chase people down and they're terrifying they're terrifying in pvp they're horrifying yes. they chase you they just don't stop <laughs> they, don't. they just don't stop they're like wolves it's great i love them I love it. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> blade dancer was blade dancer was my first class i chose blade dancer and i was like oh cool you get to turn invisible yeah <gasps> that's the thing so... they can freaking turn invisible that's also awesome yeah uh, I was a gunslinger. Basically, gunslinger was like, you have to be good at sharpshooting. And I'm like, mm, I suck at sniping. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the one that you get to hit things repeatedly. I I, of course. <laughs> when when you look at it, these classes kind of fall into certain stereotypes. The warlocks are often identified as scholars. The titans are the heavy hitter, knight-powered, strong boy types. And then your hunters are the ones that specialize in weaponry and gunplay. It, it falls into the typical uh, fantasy trinary as well. You got wizards, knights, and hunters, like rogues and stuff like that. You also might have noticed that we've been talking about uh, energy that they use. Sun singers, for instance, use solar energy. Defenders use void energy. And uh, Blade Dancers use Arc Energy. And those are the three dominant energy types in this game. They haven't added any extras over time. So you don't get any extra stuff later on. But they're just sort of fundamental energy types and utilizations of the light. So now that we got all that stuff out of the way, let's actually get into the game. Because that's when, that's the fun part. Am I, am I right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the fallen, the first enemies that you meet. Um, I actually, I feel, I feel some things for the fallen. Some things? Yeah, I have some emotions about them. When you first meet the fallen, they appear as, I guess you can call them pirates. I would call them pirates. They traverse the earth and kind of strip it of its resources, remove things that once stood tall in the golden age to attach to their ships and sometimes themselves to augment even their own bodies. In reality, when you begin to learn more about the Fallen, you learn that 
their species is actually known as the Elixni. And the Elixni, a long time ago, had a very similar golden age to ours, thanks to the Traveler. Unfortunately, the darkness came and the Traveler fled. And the Elixni had to learn how to sustain themselves in a different way. They consume something known as ether, which is like a false light, just so they can survive. And their beautiful society that was once so strong and mighty has now kind of fallen apart to this shamble of what it formerly was. Now they're pirates that just scavenge the landscape and are naturally very bitter towards humans due to the fact that they took our big old orb. They took our orb. They salty. They also fell into infighting though. Yes. That's like a whole series of terrible tragic events that make me feel awful for killing so many they have quite a bit of infighting and they have a very interesting structure in regards to who receives so much artificial light so much ether and who becomes stronger and who becomes you know the weak underling they have a very interesting structure that kind of resulted from their own collapse And it's really, for me, it's really interesting to learn about these things, especially with the Fallen. You learn about the lore of them, and then you're like, oh man, I feel for them. And then you learn about the Dark Age, and you're like, ooh, they killed a lot of people though, so like, Yes, they did. They killed a lot of, like, innocent human beings. They're not great. They've definitely fallen (laughs) from from their high stature. Burn! Once we wake up and we look at our hands and we meet our ghost and we see the fallen, what happens after that? We run. Uh, we fight them like you do. You, well, you run and you shoot. You run and shoot. You run, run and shoot. shoot. That's, that's what you do. You run, shoot, and dance. Run and shoot. Run, shoot, and dance. <laughs> Destiny. That is. Uh, that's it. That's the game. End of episode. Uh, so we fight them and we hijack a ship. We see like, oh, look, there's a ship. We can use that to get to the city and the city is the last city on earth it's the last big metropolis is that the right word i think that's a good word for it sure it's it's kind of like an oasis i might say it's built underneath the traveler after all Mm -hmm. built underneath the traveler last city on earth most people are brought there as refugees and they're like, yeah, let's go to the last city. We'll be safe there because guardians are protecting it and the travelers like right on top of us. Nothing can go wrong here. Nothing, Nothing. at all. <laughs> Don't look at Destiny 2 stuff yet. Don't look at it. <laughs> <Close your laughs> eyes. Quick. Before we get to the city um, in the cutscene, the camera kind of pans out and we see a mysterious figure Ooh. standing in the distance. Ooh mysterious some sort of mysterious stranger Mm. (laughs) that has a ring to it (laughs) so at the city at the city meeting the speaker the speaker supposedly and this is from the grimoire there has always been a speaker an anonymous high priest with a mysterious and powerful connection to the traveler and its ghosts you can speculate anyone can speculate was there a speaker when the travelers was with the elixni was there always a speaker who knows all we know is that there is one on earth and they're hella vague all the time they don't answer you any questions at all so the speaker is voiced by the wonderful Bill Nye, right? Yeah. I love his voice. He's a good, a good voice. voice. If you've seen Love Actually, he's like that drunken singer guy. 
I don't know what else he's in, I, but that's where I know him from. Maybe, maybe the speaker's always drunk, and that's why he can never answer any of our questions, because he's too busy being, like, Maybe. Wasted. He's sipping on that good light. <laughs> he's sipping on that, like, fine That's light. why he can't answer any questions ever, and that's a very frustrating thing. It's really frustrating, so you see this cutscene where the speaker and I'm gonna try my very best oh give it to me impression. come on I could tell you of the great battle centuries ago how the traveler was crippled I could tell you of the power of the darkness its ancient enemy there are many tales told throughout the city to frighten children lately those tales have stopped yeah right so he says that that's my best that impression of him and I'll say it over and over again he says that but, like, they don't actually explain anything. So, you know that stuff that we said in the beginning where we talked about the collapse and the dark age and, like, we gave a little bit of some detail? You get none of that. You get none of that in the game. And it's so frustrating. They'll mention it in passing, but it's so hard to find, like, really any information about anything at all. And I think the speaker yeah. is a great... Like, it's just a point. It, it kind of highlights everything that we want with the game but aren't getting at this point in time yeah our vague yeah. guy you as a guardian you're just like you're not you're not no you're not gonna tell me no oh oh okay what we're gonna go shoot more stuff all now right. okay all right basically in destiny you get the stuff that we talked about in these things called grimoire cards and i did mention it a little bit before when i read it out loud and grimoire cards are pieces of text that you collect but you can't read it inside the game you have to go to bungie's website which is i don't know if they've improved it or not clunky but you go to bungie's website and yeah it was really clunky and you didn't get to read them in order you just read them in like a weird uh, it wasn't great it wasn't great but the lore in the cards is fantastic and that's where the community really thrived you got people like um ishtarcollective.net where they categorized and and got all the cards together so you can read them you have people that created the destiny timeline because you're not giving any solid dates either so then those people are like okay let's try and map out the timeline of this and then of course you have the reddit lore community i don't know reddit i don't know how to traverse around reddit i usually depend on eric and then he'll throw me some he'll throw me a link and i'll be like oh okay good 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 you don't need to go there <laughs> them's fighting words for someone they're, they're just like they're kind of into it they're really into it and that can be yeah. a good thing and a bad thing there's some great stuff on there there's also some really annoying but that's everywhere you know <laughs> i get it that's everywhere so once you say hi to the speaker you go and meet your vanguard so depending on what class you chose you got a vanguard or a, a leader that represents that class yeah so let's talk yeah. about cora ray she is the warlock vanguard and she's voiced by the wonderful gina torres uh she's a human warlock and she specializes in intel uh, she has an entire network of secret finders i'm assuming of all classes 
uh, because I think a hunter would definitely be handy for intel. But they are called the Hidden. And she uses the Hidden and also her incredible brain and amazing warlock abilities to <laughs> discover information about the enemy and everything else. It's also known that before she became a vanguard, she was a monster in the crucible uh in fact there's an exotic gun that you can get that was hers in the crucible the infective which is still pretty good in the crucible we can talk more about other characters at a different time but one of my favorite things ever to come out of destiny is the fact that ikora ray at some point did permanent unhealable damage to the leader of the crucible lord shax uh and he still has problems sitting down properly ikora did to shax what Rasputin did to the traveler i'm gonna read this really good quote from cade six okay guys ikora looks at me with one of those looks that you know sometimes you talk to ikora and you just think wow you aren't even using a fraction of your brain on me are you one of those looks So my girl is, and that was from Cade 6, by the way, who we'll get to, but my girl Ikora is super smart and just, she's kind of the epitome of a warlock, like the ultimate scholar um, who seems a little distant, but also kind of always has her eye on you, especially with her network of spies. And then we have Cade. You mean Nathan Fillion, who's played by Nathan Fillion. (laughs) (laughs) I like Cade 6. I, I really do. I think he's an he, I think he's an interesting and fun character who is absolutely necessary for the game. And I am I sound defensive because Kelly has some choice <laughs> words about him. But I like Cade Six, but we can talk more about uh-huh. that another time. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cade Six <laughs> is a uh, is the is an exo hunter. They are. I guess you could say they were once daring and adventurous. Unfortunately, they really can't be now because they lost the infamous Vanguard Dare, uh, a method for thought up by warlocks and titans to rope hunters into the Vanguard because poor yeah, innocent. You mean they have too to good do for this world job? hunters? Like what's up with yeah, that? Terrible. <laughs> They're free spirits. <laughs> they lost their bet, and they've now been placed on the vanguard in place of their old and unfortunately departed friend Andal Brask, who was murdered by the fallen mercenary Tanix Scard. Cade does his job, Kelly. He does his best. Like, he does his job. He is a bit of a smart yeah. aleck about it, though. But that's honestly very necessary compared to zavala and ikora who are both very serious he's goofy and he makes the crew a little goofier yeah he's he's necessary yeah Yeah. he's a necessary character i feel like if andal brask were still alive he would be that character as well yeah i think both he might be like a smidge more serious but i think he would be the same i think they're both pretty lighthearted. probably andal brass was a little more serious about it but that's also because they are more they they participated on the the vanguard for longer most likely i feel like that's the case kate has an interesting history that we'll have to get to in another time because it's long and weird and it goes into a lot of exo stuff all you need to know now is a charming quote by our ghost kate is a cunning hunter with years of experience in staying alive in the wilds but eh, fighting a war isn't his strong suit 
I'm not sure the shoot him all to death strategy is going to be enough. He's very shoot first. He is a very good gunslinger. <laughs> yes. And he's also quite crafty, quite shifty. And then we have our last vanguard, the vanguard of the Titans. Commander Zavala. Excuse me, let me repeat myself. The only one with a title. Commander Zavala. Very important. Uh, he is voiced by Lance Reddick, who has the most buttery, smooth, soothing so voice good. ever. It's really great. If you don't know who Lance Reddick is, just YouTube him and listen to his voice. It's, it's great. Good. He is an Awoken Titan, and like I said before, he's the only Vanguard with rank in his name, Commander Zavala. And he's kind of seen as like the one that has to make the hard decisions. A lot of people don't like him at first because he's very serious and and tough and he has to make the hard decisions. He has to be like, no, we can't send people there because it's too dangerous and we can't lose them. He's gotten into disputes with fellow friends before and has possibly not ruined a friendship, but like friendships, they aren't where they were before because of this the decisions he's had to make. He's a pretty intense guy overall. He's super intense. Yeah. And it doesn't help that he has that those glowing awoken eyes. But once you get to know him, he's actually like a really great guy who's really great with self-care. He's fantastic. He holds a crocheting class for the Titans. He holds a crocheting class for the Titans. Isn't that I love great? Him. I love it. He also had Zavala action snack packs, but I, oh, God, <laughs> he I, did. I need those in my life. Zavala snacks. Oh, man. <laughs> Bungie, you know what you need to do. <laughs> this quote that sums up Zavala is from Amanda Holiday, who's the shipwright in the tower. Should I do an accent? No, I'm not yeah. gonna do it. I already did it for Bill Knight. The first time I met Zavala, I was really intimidated. He's kind of a lot to take in, you know? But then we got to talking about the city and the walls and how we're all gonna die and the 900 things that want to wipe us out, and I realized He's actually much scarier than people give him credit for. Of course, the the tower is inhabited by many other individuals that we can talk about in later episodes so we can give them a little more depth. You have Lord Shax, who runs the Crucible, who I mentioned before, Amanda Holiday, our shipwright, Banshee44, the gunsmith. Gunsmith? Gunsmith. 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 The gunsmith. <laughs> And we also have three factions who are always fighting with each other and disagreeing with the speaker, who we have Future War Cult, New Monarchy, Dead Orbit. You get to choose which faction to join. It's not it's not mandatory, but you do get like a little bit more lore if yeah. you choose uh, one of these factions. You can also think of them as like political parties. So yeah. Instead yeah. of Democrats and Republicans, you've got a war cult and a monarchy and a dead orbit yeah and a dead orbit um we also have ava levante who is the sweet shader lady who gives us only the finest shaders and then we have tess everest who has had a very complicated relationship with the tower not really but bungie couldn't really decide what to do with her so she's had a couple of odd jobs but now she gives you all the good dances and all the good sparrows all yeah. the dances. 
so people kept throwing soccer balls into her booth so then she was like i gotta take a vacation yeah and then occasionally you'll find this guy named zur his will is not his own (laughs) and he has some some tentacles coming out of his face and uh well he works for some people called the nine and we'll talk about them some other time too next time he, he gives you, like, sweet guns that are really hard to find. Oh. Exotic. In exchange for strange yeah. coins. Whoa. We don't know what those are. We'll get to them, maybe. Hmm. So once you finish chilling in the tower, meeting all these people, you head down to Earth in the Cosmodrome, which is the Earth's first patrol area. But you can't patrol yet. You first have to investigate some rumors, and there you find out that Hive have been slowly invading Earth and they're looking for something. And you also find out that Rasputin is still alive and you gotta go wake him up. So the Hive are my favorite. She's lying. (laughs) The Hive, they're great. They have a lot of good stuff going for them, but I'm just tired of them. They're an ancient festering evil. To the hive, the eternal struggle between light and dark is not only a war, it is a crusade. All light must be devoured so darkness can reclaim the universe. They're creepy, screechy, gross things. They're space zombies. It's like the, that's like the Correct. shorthand de- demonstration. They've been digging for a dude named Rasputin, who I've, I've said before, Rasputin is a war mind, and the Rasputin has watched over Earth for as long as it's been active, and then during the collapse, after it shot the Traveler, speculation, after it shot the Traveler, it went into like a hibernation mode, and it was like, someone's gonna wake me up one day. I'm just gonna wait until then. It was being kind of millennial mindset, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Those darn millennials oh <laughs> going to sleep and hoping everything's okay when they wake yeah. up. <laughs> After that collapse. After the collapse, yeah, it went to sleep and then we wake up up. Why are you sleeping? And then and then the Cosmodrome opens up to patrol. The way patrolling works is that you drive around in your cool sparrow. And if you've seen Star Wars, a sparrow is like, uh, I don't know what they're called in Star Wars. I'm blanking out. Bike, those hovering bike things. I'm going to get slack for this. Hovering bike things in Star Wars. You you just travel around in the Cosmodrome after that area has opened up, and then you do these cool things that are public events, which are timed big events where a bunch of different players from different areas converge, and then you're like, let's do the singular objective and then get some sweet loot out of it. The loot was questionable during year one. But you still got some stuff out of it. So once you wake up Rasputin, you move on to the next planet, which in this case is not a planet. (laughs) The moon! (laughs) It's the moon! It's the moon! And you go to the moon, and I don't know about you, but like, I've always wanted to go to the moon, so I was pretty excited to go to the moon and get on my sparrow and fly around on that there moon. When you go to the moon, you can see that it was colonized by people. There's kind of dying, decaying structures. But what we discover in the moon is that, well, we've woken the hive. (laughs) 
We've woken the hive. Can you can you say it? Well, do you want me to say yeah. it? Can you say it like Which way um, do you want me to say it? There's two Okay, so just quick background. The first year of Destiny, the very first year of Destiny, they hired um Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. They hired him cuz they're like he's famous. Let's let's do it. And he did a It was all right. He did an okay job. It was okay. He had a few choice lines, which was this one. We've woken the hive. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> but now Nolan North says it and he says, We've woken the hive. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Regardless, what it. we discover is that the hive is amassing an army to send over to Earth. And ultimately, what we discover is that the hive is performing some kind of strange ritual using a shard of the traveler to try and draw power from it. We also learn about a fancy sword that is wielded by someone named Crota, who we'll meet later. And this is our first time holding a sword, too. So that's kind of a powerful yeah. moment. Uh, Bungie kind of gives you this taste where they're like, hey, this is pretty sweet, right? You're holding a sword right now. You're fighting enemies of the darkness or enemies of the light with this sword and taking them down and smashing them. But then it disappears and you don't get to have it until when? When do we get swords? Year two? Until, well, you kind of get them. Yeah, you get them, like, permanently in Destiny, Taken King. Yeah. But you did get them a little bit again in The Dark Below. Which we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So. Spoilers. So once you find out that the Hive have been awake and all that, the Exo Stranger, or the Stranger who has been spying on you this entire time. The first time we saw them was when we're panning out of the city and they've been watching you this whole time you were on the moon. They contact you and they're like, hmm, the hive are cute, but there's uh, something a lot more worse in Venus. Yeah. So, the mysterious stranger calls you. They give you some information. They say, meet me here. And the coordinates bring you to Venus. And Venus, at the current moment, is a place of past, what would be the word for it, scholarly research? There's a lot of academies, uh, institutes, stuff like that. The college a lot planet? Of research institutions. That's for all the nerds. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a college planet. <laughs> um, it still has, apparently, it still has like oceans of methane, and it rains all the time, but it's now also a brilliant forested area. It's actually pretty cool. I really like beautiful Venus. You go there. Uh, you you have a couple of squabbles with the fallen who are also there before you make your way into a library. It, it's definitely a library uh, where you first encounter the Vex, and the Vex are friends. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah, they're, like, whenever I say Vex, like, imagine, like, a question mark, and that'll probably be, like, a good description of what they are. Uh, The Vex are (laughs) robots, but they're not uh, entirely robotic. Uh, They have these white, like, spheres or, like, globs. Usually it's around their belly, but sometimes it's, like, on their back or something like that. That's their weak point. And these uh, globs are actually made from some sort of organic material, some sort of... uh, plankton 
a tiny uh, organism. Bacterial. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but that's not even the weirdest thing about them. They they make these crazy awesome sounds and they teleport through time and space. And I did say time and space. Literally, they are time-traveling robots who have been here since before human civilization even existed. They had been colonizing these planets and building these massive structures. And you can find these structures throughout the solar system and supposedly even throughout the galaxy. They they have an unknown goal. We don't really know what their goal is. And it, it's kind of one of those, they're time travelers. Like, how are you going to beat them? Question mark. It's a, it's a lot. I know what their I know what their goal is. What is it? What I is know it? What it is. They're extreme designers oh, and man. they take minimalism a bit too oh, far. Oh man, though. So, so they want to just spread that across the universe. They're so cool, though. They are time traveling <laughs> designers. Yeah, they have their own HG TV show. I mean, they certainly did a number on Mercury, which is like absolutely a vex machine now. But Yeah. Regardless, we meet the Vex, we fight along, we fight against the Vex, because the Exo Stranger told us to, because she doesn't have time to explain what she doesn't have time to explain, because, get it, it's it's a Vex. Time. Question mark? Time. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't have time to we... explain the plot. Just shoot your guns. Yeah, she, she points us to a, a great evil, which becomes our primary antagonist for the game. For vanilla destiny at least and to first get there we need to visit the reef we need to visit the reef because the awoken have information on where this might be located there we get to meet marasov the queen of the awoken and prince aldrin who is her brother and also a very pleasant person to encounter he's just just the nicest guy so nice he's so both of them are very nice yeah it's really (laughs) but we go meet queen marasov and prince aldrin who are also defended by the fallen house of wolves but we'll get to that later because there's some stuff that happens there and she lets us know that we need to take a gate lord's eye which is just a very strong very big vex who managed these massive gates that let them transport across the galaxy effectively and we do it because <laughs> that's what we do we're we're freaking awesome we just got to get to the black garden yeah where's the black garden the exo stranger points us in the direction of this black garden we need to get the gate lord's eye and then we need to somehow get to the Black Garden. And in order to do that, we need to go to Mars. There is a species of alien on Mars that we haven't encountered in quite some time, known as the Cabal. And what we know about them is that they're incredibly tactical, they're war-driven, and they will blow up planets that are in their way. They also are lovingly known in the community as space turtles. Okay, they're just, they're big old space turtles, and they have these smaller friends called Scions, which it's not entirely clear if that's a species that they've dominated and now taken with them, or if it's like 
baby cabal. We don't know. All we know is that the cabal are incredibly war-driven. And we ended up accidentally kind of getting into a scuffle with the cabal. The cabal themselves have been trying to gain entry into the Black Garden, but they haven't figured it out just yet. We managed to, though, and we used the Gate Lord's eyes to enter the Black Garden. And when we get there, we find the Vex revering this huge, dark, pulsing heart. We shoot some guns, do some cool, cool moves, and end up destroying it. Which point, the Traveler begins to heal, and light begins to return to us. Then the Exo Stranger says some vague stuff to us um, about how the darkness is like getting closer or whatever and then gives us her gun and then disappears from the game never to be heard from again in Destiny so far. Hey, Exo Stranger, instead of a gun, could you give us that sweet, sweet punch? (laughs) It's too powerful. Look, if... Destiny to wish. Please list. give us hunter ponchos. I'm gonna say it every single time. Please give hunters some good ponchos. Please. <laughs> the cabal are kind <laughs> of the least explored species in vanilla Destiny, but it looks like Destiny Two is really looking to change that quite a bit. So I look forward <laughs> to it because I really like the cabal. And they're just a little bit very hardened military like structure. And so ends Destiny the game. What? That's the end of the podcast where it's all we're talking about. This podcast is only two episodes That's long. It. And the first episode was just a yep. trailer. Just kidding! It's fucking time to do the raid. We're an expletive podcast. I could say that. It's fucking time to do the raid! It's fucking time to do the raid. Vault of Glass, my favorite raid. Uh, The Vault of Glass is... The coolest part about this thing is that on Venus, there is an area that is just a massive door. And you can go there during patrols, and you can see it, and you you can just go around, you can explore the area. But you can't get in it until you start the raid. You need six people... And you actually crack into this enclosed Vex area that goes deep and deep into Venus. It just goes all the way down into it. And inside of it, the Vex are at their strongest that we've seen, at least. They have these powerful weapons that can just write you out. You can just not exist anymore. There's a whole birth of lore regarding Kabir and Praetith. And Pahanin and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, the original yeah. team that went into the Vault of Glass before we were like, hey, what's that? They did yes. not do great. They, I think they did all right. <laughs> they did okay. <laughs> They're all right. Uh, but we we travel down and we confront Atheon, Atheon. It's still kind of a matter of debate. They said Atheon. I say Atheon. Question mark. I say but he's dead. Yes, they are dead currently. But due to the nature of time, another question mark. Literally everything that I say he's regarding the He's dead and living and finished. alive and has lived and etc. It could be ended with a question mark. But 
you go down you you get that sweet sweet loot and i don't even want to really talk about the loot right now because back in vanilla destiny and thankfully it's much better now it was not good it was it was a not it was great very system. hard to get the things that you needed to get stronger very unpleasant yeah it was it was already hard enough to get six people to play together at the same time and then it was like cool i'm gonna get some good stuff out of this right uh, maybe maybe, maybe? But that ends vanilla. Vanilla Destiny. That is the official end of Vanilla Destiny. The raid kind of like wrapped it up with a pretty bow and people got hyped. And they were like, this raid is awesome. And then the first expansion comes out. The Dark Below. Now, I want to talk about the Dark Below because the Dark Below introduces one of my favorite characters. A character that the community has a lot of problems with. But I personally really enjoy her, Eris Morn, who is a guardian, but no longer has a ghost. And I would say that she doesn't necessarily believe in the structure or power system that currently is the guardians. So to call her a guardian, she might be a little offended by that. Regardless, Eris tried to raid and she was like way too low light level and so was her team so they all died (laughs) and they had a really bad sherpa tolan was not the best they had a really bad they had a really bad time and she ended up being the only survivor and she ended up surviving in the darkness amongst the hive for years we don't even know how long but it was long enough for her to begin grafting some of this hive tech onto herself a lot of her armor is reminiscent of the hive she also has a third eye it's pretty cool uh she's pretty cool looking yeah regardless (laughs) she crawls her way out of the hellmount out of this terrible place where she watched all of her friends die And she flies right back to the tower to try and warn everyone that Crota, who's that? Crota is coming back. Uh, And Crota is the son of a god that in previous sections of Vanilla Destiny, we interrupted a ritual regarding Crota. But apparently Crota is becoming more powerful and... We just got to stop him. And that's what the Dark Below is all about. We meet up with one of his disciples, underlings, Omnigal. A number of disciples, honestly. Omnigal being the biggest one. Omnigal being the biggest one. And we work to defeat them before Crota awakens. Ultimately, uh, he does and you kill him in a raid. But as for the storyline... You manage to take out Omnigal and many of his disciples with the help of Eris Morn and her wonderful guidance, even though she's a little salty, but she's still great, okay? Okay? A little salty. She's a little salty, but that's okay. I am too. And that's okay. So you defeat, she guides you across the Dark Below expansion until you defeat the crystal form of 
Crota, and that's his physical plane form. So you destroy that form. But with the Hive, they have this little tricky thing where if you kill their head honcho peeps in the physical plane, you have to follow them to their own pocket dimension and kill them there for them to be perma-dead. Or so we think. So that's where Crota's end raid. You punched his crystal. Now you gotta punch his spiritual pocket dimension form. form. Yeah. His sword logic stuff. Yeah. So then you go into this raid and it's a lot more kinetic than the Vault of Glass was. It's a, It felt, I don't know if it is shorter, but it definitely felt shorter. And then you, you stab him a couple times with his own sword and you kill him. And just remember, he's the son of a god. So that definitely, nothing bad could possibly happen from killing the son I'm of sure a god. I'm sure the god's fine with it. I mean, especially considering the next expansion isn't doesn't involve them so it's like yeah it's probably okay yeah speaking of next expansion there's more yeah great i didn't mean to yell (laughs) (laughs) you were just so Uh, excited about the house of wolves yes house of wolves uh is another expansion also known as queen's wrath which is an event we only got once in vanilla destiny bungie bring it back Bring it back. Not, Not even vanilla, in vanilla, the like beta. beta no, Destiny. <laughs> we got it once in really? actual vanilla Destiny. In vanilla? Yeah, it happened once. Yeah? I still have a supremacy. I remember it. Oh. oh. I remember it being in beta. Right. Yeah. Probably. Destiny and then. It was absolutely in vanilla. It just didn't happen ever again. Bungie. <laughs> we, have t- we have some words about that. <laughs> but regardless, the queen calls in that favor that we owe because we she she helped us uh, in a time that we needed with the black garden mm-hmm. um, she's having a bit of a scuffle i guess with fallen wolf kel Skolas, who was defeated in the reef wars a while ago and simultaneously during another fallen event that we learned could have been very devastating for us Skolas has somehow escaped their bonds somehow and taken on the the title of kel of kells per an ancient elixni prophecy that a kel of kells would unite the clans and take back the great machine a kel themselves are sort of like the captain of these uh clans these these fallen houses so there's a kel of winter kel of well there isn't any more because we killed them uh there's a kel of Actually, there aren't very many Kells anymore. Well, I can't say that anymore. But there's many Kells are dead, but a number of Kells still live. Question mark. We don't know all that much stuff about them. Regardless, he leads an uprising in the Reef because they were living alongside the Fallen. And the Fallen kill a bunch of Awoken. Like, a bunch of them. And Marasov ain't about that life. And is... Sending us, with the help of Petrovenge, who's my favorite NPC, to capture them in a sort of a intergalactic like manhunt. Like this is it's like my favorite thing is criminals in space. It's yeah. awesome, and we also have a friendly fallen NPC, Ferrix the loyal. I don't even know if that's sarcasm or not. I just really like him. I love. Him. I think he's super cool. 
Varric's is also one of my favorite NPCs. Varric's really stole the Varric's the, the loyal hatch is my vote for Kell of Kells. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but Varric's the loyal, who is the lone known member of House of Judgment, also helps you with pet revenge to capture Skolas, and he is sent into the diabolical machinations of the prison of elders yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I feel like we should all do our best barracks impression okay that we can Eric, you go first prison of elders welcomes you guardian fights win live <laughs> <laughs> go ahead kelly <laughs> oh man uh what is something he says? Xylar, the defiant. <laughs> Can I see your ship, guardian? <laughs> that was terrible. Go, Maria. Dismantle mine. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, and when you hear that, you're one. like, oh, God, no. Merricks. No. So... Let's get into that a little bit. In House of Wolves, instead of ending the expansion with a raid, they ended it with Prison of Elders. Um, that's my yeah. last barracks, I promise. No, I don't. I love barracks. <laughs> they do Prison of Elders, which is an arena-type game, and that's when... You get waves of enemies until you defeat all waves of enemies, and then at the end of this, you get loot. So at the end of Prison of Elders, you get to fight, or at least if you enter a certain prison, you get to fight Skolas. And uh, boy, he was so easy. <sighs> Guys, he was super borderline impossible, especially hard. at the start. He was so he hard. He was brutal. <laughs> Anyone who fought Skolas dreaded the words 10 seconds. Oh, man. And dismantle minds. Yes. <laughs> Definitely um, a dark time. But once we got swords, it was so easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Oh, man. It was kind of like a joke. But like really back sad. in the day, before we were incredibly overpowered, Skolas was quite the challenge. It was really hard. It was like, I'd rather find six people to go into a raid, which is really hard, than fight Skolas with yeah. only three. He was super he was hard. rough. It was really bad. Fun fight, though. So that was that was the PvE gift that Prison of Elders gave us. They also gifted PvP, PvP players. And when I say PvE and PvP, PvE is the environment so it's like the campaign and strikes and you're fighting the computer pvp is player versus player and you're fighting other people with questionable internet connections so that's where trials of osiris comes <laughs> with the in questionable internet connection <laughs> oh no with questionable internet connections that's where Trials of Osiris comes in, and that was this whole... It's Destiny's competitive play. It is their core group of competitive players. That's what they do every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I've tried. Try as I might. I've never gone flawless. And I'm okay with that. Sure, I never get to see Mercury. So if you go flawless, that means you you win seven matches. Nine. What was nine it? Nine matches. You need nine. to get nine God matches damn. without a loss. 
just so everyone knows so Ugh. we're like a certified destiny podcast we do have one official lighthouser amongst us which is eric yeah um, <laughs> once once actually twice twice but. that counts there you go that see counts. that counts there are people who do it every weekend and like all more power to yeah them, right i have no idea how they ain't do the that. life i live yeah. ain't the life i live I'm more it of a rage gal you. myself. It changes. But, but that was, that's trials and people like it. People don't like it. Like it. People try and they don't make it and that's okay. They try their best in the right. trials. And that pretty much wraps up year one. And unfortunately to condense it all, we kind of had to skip past a number of things like who Osiris actually mm-hmm. is. But we can talk about that another time. So like I said earlier with the grimoire within vanilla destiny we get to learn about all these different characters within the grimoire characters like jaron ward shinmel fur saint 14 who saint 14 saint 14 you get to learn about that guy you get to learn about all these cool cool toland all these really cool awesome legendary guardians who may or may not be still alive. And if you really want to get into the the story and learn about the rich universe of Destiny, then you have to get into those characters as well. But the game itself, Vanilla Destiny, they don't get into that. What we get into is the speaker and going to the moon and Mars and Venus and helping out the queen and going to kill Crota, all this stuff. What we've given you is spark notes. For vanilla destiny and we yeah. really look forward to touching upon some of our favorite pieces of grimoire in future episodes for our first three we're just going to be doing our spark notes of the games and that wraps it up right i mean vanilla and the first two expansions that is officially year one yeah. destiny the rise of the kindergartians rise of the kindergartians yes so that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening and you're still tuned in, thank you so much for listening. We got a lot of this information. It wasn't easy wrapping up a three-year game. It's not easy doing that. So we get a lot of the information from YouTubers who have done it for us. <laughs> Eric's, yeah. Eric's, A-R-E, what is it? A-R? A-R-E-X. A-R-E, A-R-E-X. Yeah. A-R-E-K-K-Z. He has a wonderful Destiny sum up video. I can always link it in the in the show notes. It's a 15 minute video and it gives you a good a good wrap up of all of Destiny from year one to year three. I mean you could listen to that or you could listen to us. Yeah. No, really, go listen to that and us. I mean you're you already listen to You'll us get, technically. You just did that. You Congratulations. Just did that. <laughs> You've won. <laughs> So Eric's is a great guy. Uh, IshtarCollective.net for all your grimoire needs. Go to IshtarCollective.net. They beautifully categorize all the grimoire cards. Look around, dig around the lore in the Reddit forums. That should come with a caution label just in case. There's a lot of lore and there's a lot of different type of characters in Reddit. And also Destinypedia because what is a fandom without a Wikipedia page? So Destinypedia also does a good job of finding all this extensive information. (laughs) So if you have any questions or suggestions or advice... 
we have a website you can go to and contact us please do so we want to be active members in this community we love talking to people we love answering questions and our website is thehangerloungepodcast.com or you can find us on twitter at hangerlounge thank you for listening hey thanks so much thanks